Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. we rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. Coming to you live from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your host, David and Joe. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Pure Gold on this night, September 21st, 2017, the very last day of summer. Folks, this is the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, a.k.a. the greatest of all time. Folks, I'm not really sure what's going on here tonight, but we have an entertaining show planned for you tonight. And by we, I mean me because I have no clue where my co-host is. Folks, this is, once again, the greatest show of all time. Make sure you check us out at puregoldpg.com, where I can tell you this much. Our episodes have not been updated in only God knows how long. Folks, the amazing part of this whole thing, we haven't done a show since, I believe it was June, right before my birthday. So what we basically did, we did like two episodes in the spring, we skipped the entire summer, we didn't do a single episode in the summer, but we waited till the very last day, the last second, the buzzer beater tonight, the last day of the summer, we are here, we are live, and we are joining you. If you want to call in, of course, as always, you can call us at 877-639-003, oh, that sounds different than any of the other numbers I've ever read before, but nevertheless... Folks, again, puregoldpg.com, and I am joined by my host, the one and only, the incomparable, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, the fool, Joe Buccino. Joe, shame on you. What? Next face needs somebody to throw to. Folks, tonight we are joined by the one and only, Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? What a loser. First, you, yes, you give my you name are. on air. First, you give me my name on the air, which you say you never want to do. Then you tell me a phone number that I never heard of before. I mean, when were you going to tell me there's a new phone number? Oh, lo-fi connection options. I have actually have no idea. I'm over here looking at the website, and this is what the uh, the number says. I mean, I have the same host calling number, so I'm not sure what number you've been calling in. But that's neither here nor there, sir. All I can say is this: shame on you. Uh-huh. Shame on you for not knowing all of these things, sir. I'm gonna, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna have our producers here, uh, Kyle in the booth, Kelly, uh, number two in your hearts, number one in your call. You can call in at six four six four seven eight five five seven three, and then of course that number, the number that you gave me, I think that's an old number. I'm pretty sure it got changed, but that's neither here nor there, sir. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm glad that uh, we got one show in before the season ends and uh, fall begins tomorrow. I literally thought about that as I was getting ready for the show. I was, um, by getting ready, I mean dropping a hot deuce. Um, yeah. The fact that I was sitting here and I'm waiting, right, and I'm looking, and I'm just like, you know what? What's going on with the show tonight? What? I essentially, 
entire summer, literally the entire summer, we just said, hey, it's the last day of summer. Let's do a show. Um, I, I, geez, I, I, honestly, I don't even remember the last time we spoke on the phone, sir. It's been a long time. So, I mean, of course, the egomaniacs that we are, we can't just have a normal phone conversation. We have to do it for the entire world to hear. And by the entire world, I think I mean nobody because nobody's listening to the show right now. Yeah, and uh, I guess the only reason why we're doing a show is because probably the biggest bombshell in uh, sports radio history uh, happened last Wednesday. You mean Mike Francesa and uh, Chris Russo broke up again? Again? Unbelievable, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, folks, uh, Joe, the great Joe, the incomparable JB, is referring to, I mean, Joe and I talked about this off air. We actually talked about it quite extensively, and, uh, I mean, I'd love to hear Joe's take again, like I haven't heard it already. But what he's referring to is that huh, radio stooge, the morning show stooge, ex-morning show stooge, Craig Carton, a guy that I have, I had no love loss for, no respect, never liked the guy, thought he was a complete, uh, how should I say, asparagus, uh, a total tool. This guy, who has the sweetest gig of all time, the cushiest gig ever, this guy is running the morning show on WFAN, the highest rated morning show, by the way. In, in the country, if I'm not mistaken, sir, I know I looked it up the other day, and I was pretty sure it said the entire country. This guy has this amazing gig, and what does he do, Joe? Tell us. Tell the listening audience. For those people maybe listening across the country who don't know who Craig Carton is, tell us. What did this man, this absolute buffoon, do, sir? Well, well, you know, based on his character, his personality, it's, it's, if you've listened to the show for at least, I don't know, three or four months, you know that Craig Carton is always talking about gambling, betting, and... Well, um, not to cut you off, I don't even think you need three or four months. I think if you listen to the show more than once, you've probably heard him reference it. I mean, I haven't listened in, since I moved down here pretty much, and, I mean, the guy talked about it all the time. Yeah, true. And the show just had reached their 10-year anniversary on September 4th, and what's interesting is on September 5th, he was uh, a no-show, so... When I was listening to the show, when I when I turned it on, um, I thought he had called out sick, or maybe it was like the, his kid's first day of school, and he took the day off. And then, as the the morning went on, um, my friend finally messaged me and said, "You know, Craig Carton was arrested." I'm like, "Arrested for what?" So when I read into it, and then you know, as as it unfolded and still continues to unfold, we find out that um, Mr. Craig Carton was part of a Ponzi scheme <laughs> because he's a degenerate gambler, as we pretty much suspected sir and uh you know like you said he ruined his career his life and uh everyone else around him are paying uh dearly as we you know to say the least well the thing that gets me to be quite honest with you and what bothers me about the whole thing it's not craig because i said this to you before i honestly folks when joe called me i was expecting to hear that he got arrested and i don't i'm not saying that he's the type of guy to do that clearly you know I again, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I don't think. Who knows? You know. Let, let me let me just refrain from what I'm, where I'm going with that. But I'm expecting he got arrested for you know sexual harassment, you know molestation or something. I mean, obviously that's that's a sick thing. But yeah. when I hear that you know something totally off the wall, Joe calls me at work. Again, you know we we really don't talk as much as we used to. We do text each other still, but um, definitely not on the phone very much unless something crazy is going on. So so when Joe calls me and or texts me, he goes, hey, you know, I gotta guess what happened. Um, and he calls me on the phone. I'm thinking that when he tells me that Carton gets arrested for gambling, it's like it was one of those things. You know, you ever hear this? You ever see those stories in the news 
where someone goes off the rails and murders like three people in their neighborhood, and people are like, oh, he was a great kid, or he was so quiet, or he seemed like such a nice guy, I can't believe it. Right. This is not one of those cases. This is one of those like, oh, of course, that totally makes sense. You know, that completely, I, I, you know, how did this not happen sooner? He would talk about gambling. He would talk about, what's the point spread on this? And what what's odd about this to me is that, again, I don't listen to the show. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I can't, I couldn't stand Craig. I thought he was a no-talent hack, a guy who should have never been on the air in WFN, a guy who I still to this day have no clue how he scammed his way into this high-profile gig, 10 years, which is insane. Just, to me, utterly unlistenable. But, I was thinking about him the other day because I, I something reminded me of what he always used to say. Oh, boom! Let's put a hundred on it, boom! And it was always something stupid, some stupid bet where he'd want to bet a hundred bucks. And he joked about it so much that it's kind of like uh, something. You know, I always kind of thought something was going on behind the scenes. I always kind of thought he, you know, maybe he had a gambling problem, or it was going to come up. And you know what? If I had heard something like he lost his house to gambling, you know, that's terrible. But hey. That's not as bad. But what this man did, sir, it's nothing short of he. This guy's like a criminal kingpin, a criminal. I hate to use the word mastermind and Craig Carton in the same sentence, but essentially this guy's a criminal mastermind, and he built people out of almost five, oh, a little over five and a half million dollars. Not 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 a five hundred. You're talking millions and millions and millions. And sir, I tell you, it doesn't surprise me. What surprises me is that it was so much money. And that basically, because he was trying to pay off his gambling debts, he just went on and started scamming the fans, basically fans who listened to him over the years, scamming investors out of money. I mean, this is a really elaborate scam, sir. This wasn't just Which, some simple walk in the park, this guy, you know, robbed a bank type of thing. Yeah, I agree. So not only did he have a bad addiction, uh, a bad gambling addiction problem, but he ran a Ponzi scheme on top of that. So to me, um, you know, he was selfish, obviously, uh, in his ways. Obviously. And he's now, like, you know, pretty much ruined his, his family's uh, reputation, uh, income. And what I don't understand, I guess, is that, I mean, we, we listen to, like, I've read some articles, obviously, definitely maybe, and um, we see that, you know, they're <laughs> talking about how the, the maximum sentence is 45 years, and I think he should get 45 years for all the things that he scammed people out of. And yet, you know, people are saying the most he'll get is one to three years. And I, I that's why I hate celebrities, Hollywood, and everyone else, because if, if you have a name, if you're famous, you don't get the, the maximum punishment. If if you did this, you'd be in jail for life. Well, to me, see, that's, and, and honestly, it's not about me, because that's nothing, that's something that I would do. What I think is that I th- honestly think he should do at least five, if not ten years. I, I think this guy should do hard time. I think he should, you know, this... This is this goes above and beyond just gambling debts and trying to steal money. He was maliciously and knowingly stealing money from tons and tons of people. That that's that's borderline unforgivable. I mean, this guy and, and apparently he was taking money from his charities too. This guy was involved in Tourette's charities and other things. I mean, this isn't just one simple thing. If you tell me Carton robbed a bank, you tell me that Carton, you know him slapped a hooker or something insane like that. All right, he's trying to get money out of somebody. Okay, well, that's crazy, but could you imagine, sir? And what makes me sad, and I think Mike touched on this, if I'm not mistaken, uh, obviously definitely maybe Francesca touched on the fact that he felt sad. He felt bad for Carton's kids and his wife. To me, imagine his wife. First of all, your husband is a total jackass, a complete utter idiot, the type of guy that I'm, I don't know how he, I don't know how he ever got married. I don't know how this woman lasted with him so long. And the fact that you know, he's just a complete idiot on the radio, and a lot of that's probably his real personality. But anyway, he 
goes and does this, and you're already ashamed of marrying him, you know, being with him or whatever. I'm sure in public he was probably an idiot and made a lot of comments. I'm not saying Craig is, you know, the worst person of all time. Please don't don't get me mistaken. Anybody who might be out there, I'm not trying to paint this guy like he's, you know, Saddam Hussein or anything. But what I'm saying is he's obnoxious. He's he's just a total schmuck. So that's got to be embarrassing to the wife. And then imagine his. I think about his oldest daughter. If I, I think it's. I think her name is, um, Mickey J. I think it's Mickey J. or Sunny D. I forget. I'm pretty sure it's Mickey. Uh, again, ridiculous names for his kids. It ruins their life with those horrible names. And then, imagine her. Oh, my dad's a celebrity. My dad this. My dad is. You know this. I'm sure she got a lot of notice. Carton. Carton's not exactly. You know Smith where anybody could be related, you know, nobody's related to her, anybody could be related to This is probably, like, they're in New York, everybody knows who this family is, and, uh, man, the shame and the humiliation to bring to your family, oh, my dad's in jail, or my dad went to jail because he stole millions of dollars. I mean, what the hell was he thinking, Joe? Honestly, and uh, a total side note, it's funny, when I did the intro for this show, I said my full name, which I never do, and I always talk about to you the whole DG thing and JB. And for some reason, I guess I was thrown off because I haven't done, I haven't done a show in such a long time. I haven't done a show intro in such a long time. I said my real name. I gotta somehow edit that out of the uh, intro. But anyway, sir, I mean, what could he possibly be thinking? I mean, he obviously wasn't thinking, or he was either thinking selfishly because I, I told you um, if he was a a person that had half a heart or half a brain, I guess you need right. both. Um, he could have easily went to Boomer and said, listen, Boom, uh, I'm down three mil. Um, can you loan it to me, and I'll pay you back over time? Well, I'm, uh, but I'm, no. well, I'm not sure how much Boomer has, but I guarantee yeah. you that Boomer would have tried to help him in some way, shape, or form if he said that. Guarantee you. Somebody told me that. You know? he, yeah, but somebody told me what's interesting, too. On top of that, uh, that Boomer probably did end up helping him, and he probably owes money to the mob and he tried to pay off the mob before he paid off these uh, legal casinos because, uh, you know, a dead man just uh, tells no tale, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, he wants to make Wait, sure what, that he Wait, what do you mean that – where did you hear that? That Boomer helped him or tried no, to help I'm him? No, I'm saying I, I wouldn't be surprised if Boomer did help him to pay off his debt on the legal side, but who knows how much money he owed to loan sharks and people like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other story. It just it makes me sad for his family that he would decide to do this because again this is this isn't some simple thing. This is elaborate. This is crazy. This is stupid. This is just you know above and beyond. How do you sit there and do this? You know how do you sit there and mess up your kids' lives, mess up your family's lives? You maliciously go out there and do this. And the thing is, I mean, look at how many people are affected by this. The fact of the matter is, we've talked about this off the air. There's no way the show can't continue. He. What gets me is that he says that this is a misunderstanding. Yeah, okay. It's somehow a misunderstanding. You're involved with millions and millions of dollars being stolen from people. That's somehow a misunderstanding. And it's somehow a misunderstanding that you took money from your charity or paid off golfing and did all this other crap for your charity. This is the kind of guy who would talk his way into anything. And he probably just said, yeah, I'm good for it. Yeah, I'm good for it. Yeah, I'm good for it. Well, you know what? He's not good for it, and it's, it's time for him to pay the piper. And I honestly think he should do – I honestly think that he should do hard time. I think he should do at least five, if not ten. This guy needs to pay. His his career is over. There's no way anybody's going to hire him again. And well, it's just sad because it's yeah. such a huge impact on his family, you know. And the, his, he's the main breadwinner, I'm sure. His wife couldn't, couldn't be making anywhere near what he makes. I'm not even sure what she does for a living, to be quite honest with you. But 
it's just sad. And then Boomer's got this re- revolving door of co-hosts. And again, I haven't listened to it, but you had told me Boomer and Phil Sims were doing a show. I mean, she, that that is just unlistenable radio. That is the t- the description of just pure awful, sir. Well, the first week Phil Sims did fill in, but lately every day it's been uh, Boomer and Jerry, and they rebranded the show. They canceled. Uh, the Boomer and Carton show, basically on TV. Um, if you look at the set, they removed everything about with Carton in it, and they rebranded it. And now the, the show is called The Morning Show with Boomer Sizen. And, um, you know, Jerry Recco, although he's um, he's very knowledgeable, and if you listen to his interview that we had on Pure Gold a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago, um, you'll see that he says that he doesn't want to be a, a, a DJ or a host on air. He loves doing what he does. Uh, with the cut-ups of the the audio and um, you know the basically the the replays or yeah, the recaps. Yeah, right. so time yeah. out. That, all right, that was four. That was Jerry four years ago. That was Jerry in, on this super popular show. Now yeah. all that stuff is gone. If he does a if he does a regular 2020 update on Mike's show or Joe and Evans, he's not doing any of that stuff. There's none none of the interaction. There's none of the jokes. There's none of the laughs. I'm sure that his mindset would have to be different because doing the updates on any other show has got to be infinitely more boring and uninteresting than doing it on the morning show. So that that kind of that kind of throws it off. That's like as if you and I were doing a great show like. Oh, you know, yeah, we're doing this, and we love uh, this slot, and we don't want to move out of this slot, and then we get moved out of that slot to like, you know, we're doing the morning show or we're doing drive time, and then they move us to like the, you know, the the overnight show when nobody's listening. I mean, it's it's a big difference, and I'm sure that Jerry's got to have a different perspective on it now, because the fact is that the morning show with Boomer, I mean, I guess that's a good thing, but whenever they bring in the whoever's gonna host, I, I'm sorry, Boomer's is not that interesting to listen to. I've never been a huge fan of his. He's nice, seems like a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. But just not the kind of guy I want to listen to on a day in day out basis, you know. And then you have that as the morning show. They could do anybody. The morning show with you know Dan Rather. The morning show with Dan Patrick. The morning show with you know Sal Licata, my my best friend. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where they could just do a, a totally rebranded event. So you, you you can't tell me that Boomer's gonna want to stick around and do that show long-term by himself, I honestly cannot imagine that. I can't fathom that's what he's going to do. I, I don't think he will because I, I think if anything, this happened, if if anything, this happened at an ideal time of the year where football season, you know, has started and uh, he can actually break down football games pretty good. He's, I mean, he's been an analyst for for years now. He does Monday Night Football. He does the Super Bowl. And he also I think played he, a little bit too. And he played a little bit too, a little bit. so he – he could he could really break down football and uh, it's a, like I said it's a great time of season because you know you're you're ending um, the baseball season ending up so you got the playoffs coming up you got the football underway and um, but when it comes to like things like hockey nobody wants to talk about hockey which they say all nobody. the time on on the morning show he can't break down a, a basketball game like someone um, somebody else with more experience so you're right Boomer I think will last maybe throughout the football season but after that I mean. I think ratings will start to tank, if not already, and um, sponsors sure will drop. I'm sure people have been you know? dropping like flies. There's no way that they've, they've got they, – they've probably lost millions in sponsorships, sir. Yeah, and then you have Mike's announcement yesterday that he doesn't want to stick around. So I guess they made him an offer, and he refused. <laughs> I mean, what, what else happened? <laughs> they made him an offer he could refuse. <laughs> he refused it. <laughs> so so yeah, where, where's the – where's the, Where's WFAN go from here? They lost their morning show. They're losing their their big.
big uh, guy in Mike Francesa. So, I mean, they've got to be still scrambling. I mean, they're they're not going to be number one. I'm sure. No, there's no way they're going to be number one events. I'm sure that, sir, by the end of the year, you realize that WFN will be basically be in ruins because Mike has been a staple of that show for, you know, what, 20 something years. Boom. Uh, Mike and Chris did, what, 19 years? Yep. 19 years, so about 27 years or 20, almost 30 years, Mike's been a staple of the, of the afternoon show. And, you know, I mean, this would have been great for them, but at this point, it can't happen. What they should have done is they should have tried to get Mike and Mike. To replace Mike, imagine that <laughs> Mike <laughs> Francesa is replaced by Mike Golick and Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick Jr. and any other Mike and Trey Wingo, who's going to be Mike Golick's new co-host, just rename him Mike Mike Wingo because the fact of the matter is that of radio for three decades he's going to be gone, so he's going to be absolutely gone. Then this this absolute epic debacle in the morning show and. WFN that has no signature personalities. It basically becomes another boring radio uh, radio station that talks sports. There's nothing separating it anymore. For the last 30 years, you had Mike Francesa, the the sports pope, you know, the uh, the literal sports pope. I mean, I'm pretty sure this guy has been, you know, officially ordained by the Catholic Church as a sports pope. And then, you know, obviously Chris has been gone for a long time now. But then you've got this last 10 years with Carton and, and Boomer in this amazingly highly rated show. And, I mean, that's all gone. So the WFN is basically in, in shambles. Yeah. So Mike leaves, and um, I, I'm guessing that they, they uh, you know, maybe I'm not guessing. I, I, I thought that they would make a call out to Chris Russo and see if they could bring a – I mean, they need a big name to fill in some spots. And I know Sid Rosenberg was floating around, but – he basically ripped the station. He basically ripped Francesa. So he's also I don't not think a big name. Let's be real. I, yeah, he's not a big name, but he would be a name that we uh, at least I'd listen to a little bit because he's you know he's been on the fan before. He's proven that he was okay. But again, guess what, what I would have done another, is get get Bernie jerking. and Sid or somebody like that. Bring back Iris. <laughs> I mean, they need they need big personalities. And obviously, I'm joking about Mike Gold, Goldberg and Greeny, or Greenberg and Golick. But I've, you know, now that I'm here where I live, I've listened to um, ESPN a lot. I never liked ESPN radio because, of course, WFN. But it's just easier for me to turn on 105.1 ESPN, 105.1 The Zone. And I listen to these guys, and, you know, some of the personalities are pretty decent. Some of them are okay. You know, we had this whole controversy down here with Ryan Rossello, who does the uh, the afternoon show. Um, And, you know, hello? Yeah, here. Oh, sorry. I thought you said something. Anyway, so... Ryan Rosillo did the more, did the afternoon show, and Joe and I have talked about this. How, uh, excuse me, JB and I have talked about this. The way that they should do it, WFM when Mike leaves, is break up the time better. You can't do five and a half hours. Nobody can do five and a half hours. It's hell. And listening to Mike for five and a half hours has been too much for the past like nine years. You know, they should have done it in less time because he's one person. When it was Mike and Chris, that's different. You have different segments. You could do different things. But when it's one person, it's tough. You know, and Mike Mike is one of those guys who, like. Honestly, I think they should do away with a single-man uh, booth. It should be multiple people. You should have a team. You should have a partnership, two guys, two girls, whatever. And that that should be, um, you know, a staple. But anyway, my whole thing is thing with Rosillo. Rosillo basically got arrested because he was – I think he was naked, publicly intoxicated, or breaking into somebody's house, and he was naked. Some Some crazy nonsense. And anyway, he's back on the air now, but he was gone for a while. And you've got that going on. And, again, I listen to ESPN quite a bit. So I listen to Mike um, Mike and Mike in the morning. 
and they're breaking up after I think 19 years also or 18 years, I forget. So nobody can get to that 20-year mark, sir. For whatever reason, 20 years in sports talk radio with a partnership is too much. But, you know, they had some kind of like some ugly stuff going on there, allegedly, supposedly. And, you know, if they could have got one of those guys, I mean, that would have been a big get. But honestly, they've got nothing. Who can they possibly get? Russo's not coming back. Imus isn't coming back. There's nobody that I can think of. Some of my head, Stephen A. Smith has got the locked in. I mean, I can't stand him, but he would be a guy that would be a, would be a ratings get for WFN. I mean, they've got nobody. If they're gonna put legitimately put Evan Roberts to replace Mike, I mean, that station you could just close it down. That station is gonna be bankrupt within a couple of weeks because who wants to listen to Evan Roberts? First of all, I don't even know how Evan has lasted that long. I, you know, in WFN airwaves. He seems more of like a serious guy to me, honestly, like on serious radio doing kind of a variety show with his whole wrestling thing. But imagine him talking about legitimately talking about WrestleMania at you know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, sir. Yeah, impossible. And um, as much as I liked Joe Beningo when he used to do the overnights, Joe Beningo even has he become boring. He was much boring. better. Uh, yeah, uh, sir, but... Joe is a caricature of himself. He was much better when he was doing overnight. He's basically just a clown, bro, bro, bro. I mean, he's a total he's a total joke right now. And him him and uh, Evan, to me, are unlistenable. That, that's a show that I just can't. But at the very least, they've got some personality. They're still better than Boomer by himself, let's be real. Yeah, and how many more years does Joe want to continue working on the fan? I mean, he always talks about retiring and playing golf, so give him another year or two oh, and he's out the door. Imagine <laughs> Summers. Could you imagine they put Steve Summers in the drive time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when's that guy going to retire? I guess he won't retire. He'll probably just pa- uh, probably pass away on air, and then that, that'll be it. <laughs> I would expect nothing else. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to happen to Steve Summers. It has He's to, right? Be with the hawker from Hackensack, and then it's right. like, oh, Steve Summers is gone. And they'll continue like nothing. Yeah, they should they should put Cherney on the, on the air, sir. <laughs> I know you're going to laugh at this, put but Cheryl I... I on the... I know you're going to laugh at this, but I, I really think they're going to promote John Dostremski one of these days to to oh, one of those geez. time slots. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> this is, that's embarrassing. Like, really? I mean, honestly, I look at that station, and I would love to see them in, in January. I would love to just fast forward the entire fall, the entire half of the winter, whatever. Actually, no, January is pretty much the beginning of winter. I would love to just fast forward and see what happens because right now I cannot imagine what that station is going to look like. And to me, it's just going to be a hot mess, and they're probably going to lose millions and millions in advertising. So not only did Craig Carton cost other people millions of dollars, he cost the station millions of, literally millions of dollars, and his family and everybody else, all this money. This guy's making 250 a year. You know, you're talking, he did 10 years. With booms, you're talking two mil. He's made over two mil probably with everything else. I mean, millions of dollars, this guy. And now it's all gone. And it's unbelievable. And because of his actions, it goes to show you, his actions affected hundreds of people, hundreds yeah. of families. Everyone who works at WFAN, they're all they're all going to suffer now and take a big hit because of this, this tool. You're right. And, um, you know, when I think of replacements, I'm still thinking of replacements. I have no problem. In the summertime, I actually enjoyed listening to 
to people like um, the Moose and Kim Jones, um, two Moose. people that we had on our well, show, I, too. I think I mean, we're in the minority, yeah, of course. I love Moose and Kim, but I think we're in the minority, and I know a lot of people don't like them, and I think it's because of Kim, although I think Kim's great, personally. And not, nothing to do with the fact that she's on, she's been on our show. I just always liked her. I always thought she was very knowledgeable, one of the few women that ever appears on WFAN. And let's be real, in this day and age, I think it's a joke that WFAN is in is a station that's basically made of entirely white, um, you know, hosts. And Tony Page doesn't count. Let's be real. I'm pretty sure Tony's a white guy masquerading as a black guy. But regardless of what, you have these this this dude, right? Tony's the only one. Is he even still on the air over there? Or did he get fired yet? Who? Tony. Tony Page. Is he still there? Oh, yeah, I think he still does overnights Monday through Thursday. Oh. Overnight yeah. and under the covers. But anyway, so you've got basically no minorities at all. You've got, you know, they should just get Borat Sagdiev and put him on the air because <laughs> the truth of the matter is that it's a joke. There's no women on WFN at all. Anne Ligori. Do you remember when Anne used to have a show? Like, Anne Ligori, what's the story? They used to play oh, yeah. the clip. Even What I miss the most is Moose. <laughs> the big Moose. That whole thing that he did most. I missed all that. But anyway, I would I would love to have um I would love to have Kim and Kim and Moose on the air, but that's probably not gonna happen. So what do you do? what do you think about this? Would you... Oh, Dave has dropped off the air as <laughs> usual. <laughs> I knew something was going on over there. Dave passed out and uh that might be the end of the show. Well, I could carry this through for the next half hour, but I, I wonder what Dave was going to ask. He said something about Davey there. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, you're back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened with my, uh, my. I think my daughter messed with my microphone. So, uh, can you hear me, sir? Yep, you're good. All right. So, what I was saying was that we, would you put, what do you think about this idea? Would you put Kim Jones on with uh, Boomer in the morning? And make it the Boomer and Kim show or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. I just feel bad for Moose at that point because I think he, he's a really uh, he's a good listen, I think, for two or three hours. I agree. I, again, I think anyone is, is tough to listen to for five hours, but I think that that would be awesome. I think that, um, you know, having Kim on the air in some way, shape, or form would be a good thing. <laughs> I know it's it's funny to say this, but, like, you had all these fancy phenoms that never had their shows, right? You should, like you said, you could break up the whole day into like two or three hour shows and have just a bunch of varieties. I mean, you could you could bring back uh, Sussman if you wanted to. Oh please, that was, that was an absolute debacle. <laughs> the fact that that tool won and and we didn't even get into the second round is an absolute disgrace. It's a farce and it's an embarrassment. Let's be real about that, sir. I feel like we're the bastard children of WFAN. We've had like almost every like personality on our show. <laughs> I mean, even, even Mike, Mike was on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is, is my all-time favorite. <laughs> Could you imagine Mike on a podcast? That would be amazing. Mike calling in. Uh, hey guys, uh, what do you say? <laughs> Hold on a second, guys. I gotta drink my diet coke. I'm sure he would take us like a complete utter joke and just mock us and shame us. But anyway, I digress, sir. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Carton really messed up, and it's going to affect a lot of people, and I feel bad for the fan, but either they're going to go bankrupt or they'll somehow weather the storm. I mean, they are the 
the number one station in sports talk, but that may go by the wayside. So this may be ESPN's one and only chance. Imagine they got like Michael K or somebody to go in WFAN. Could you imagine that? <laughs> I'm I'm trying That'd to think awesome. though. What what do you think Russo thinks of all this? I mean, he left the the biggest station in the world, biggest sports radio station in the world, and he's on Sirius, where I guess his ratings are okay because you listen to him a lot. Uh, but what do you think? Well, he used to. Thinking? Yeah, I don't have Sirius anymore. Oh, okay. I, I must say he must be thinking to himself like, uh, I'm gonna get billions and billions of dollars. I mean, uh, Christ, if I was a commissioner, he'd be out on Monday. He'd be gone. <laughs> I'm not on my computer, so I can't play that. Um, I, I yeah. apologize for taking the Lord's name in vain there, but I can't take, uh, you know, I'm not near the computer, so I can't actually play that clip. But honestly, he must. there must be a lot going on in his mind. I'm sure he feels bad, and he's probably thinking, man, if only I was a free agent, I would li- literally, Russo could single-handedly save WFN. I mean, that's how big of a presence he is, you know. And I'm sure being on Sirius is going to be some obscurity. You know, he he could probably he could probably run the station. He could probably replace Chernoff. To be honest with you, they they bring him yeah. in there. I mean, this guy could be you know the, the be all and end all of WFN. It makes me think that Mike turned down the WFN offer because he's sticking to whatever he signed to um, starting in January or February, where he's I, I think he's actually going to be doing podcasts, and I wouldn't be surprised if he Sirius signed him to a part-time deal, but him and Russo do maybe Monday-Friday shows together, and then he does his own podcast uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday out of his own home. You know what? Um, sir, I'm going to predict this right now. Sir, yeah. I'm going to predict this right now. I think that um, Mike will appear in some way, shape, or form with Chris around Super Bowl time. I'm not saying that they're going to be on a regular show together, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the marquee and Mike and the marquee made an appearance. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up on Radio Road together. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something with picks or you know football or whatever for the playoffs. Honestly, I, I, I I'd be surprised if that didn't happen. Yeah, and by the way, since we haven't talked in years, uh, did you watch the Thirty for Thirty? No, I you kidding me? I moved and um, I, I actually I don't think I told you. I ended up moving to a new place here, you know, where I live, and yeah. um, I moved to the beginning of the month, and I ended up switching and getting rid of all my cable, so I just have the internet. You have a show on the internet, and I have like a basic streaming thing with Comcast. With Comcast is absolutely terrible, by the way. I loathe them, and I detest them on so many levels. But where I live now, I'm basically forced to have them. So I only have, like, basic channels and then Roku, which is, you know, I use, like, my kids will watch uh, Nick Jr. or they'll watch yeah. PBS Kids, you know, I'll watch Hulu and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. That's how I watch Raw and SmackDown. I watch Hulu the next day or whatever. And not that I watch those regularly, but if something interesting happens, I will go on Hulu and I will check that out. I've been watching Smallville. <laughs> You're going to love this. I've been watching Smallville from the beginning. And I'm at the, uh, almost at the end of season three. I've got a couple episodes to go, and that's how far I've gotten. And I've been watching it, like, on a regular basis and just reliving all those great moments. And there are times where I'm like, man, I don't remember this, or I can't believe this happened. But uh, still a great show, by the way. A show that went, what, three seasons too long, in your opinion? In my, no, in my opinion, to be honest, I think it went five seasons too long. But wow. if you were going to break it down based on the stories, I would think at least – at least three years. I think they they really went off the rails. To me, the show was great up until season five. Once they killed off Jonathan Cannon in episode 100, I thought it kind of started to take a downward spiral. But I think season six, it really hit a low point. And then seven, you know, when Lana and and Lex get married and 
all that yeah. other crazy stuff. Eventually, uh, Lex turns into the evil Lex Luthor and all that. They got rid of him. They rolled on off the show. I think they really, really jumped the shark so many times. But I would say at the very least, they went about three or four seasons too long. So why are you rewatching it? Just uh, curious. There's nothing else on TV. I mean, there is. I've watched almost the. I've got about two episodes left of Last Man Standing. My wife and I really like that show. Uh, Tim Allen is a great, you know, one of the very few conservative voices in Hollywood, and he's just he doesn't take any crap and. His show, he plays a conservative, and, you know, he, he's got liberal friends. And there's just a really great banter back and forth with him. So, But, again, that show's over for us. Um, I really got into the blacklist for a while. I literally binge-watched three seasons straight through, like, in maybe a couple of weeks. I love that show. Uh, have you ever seen that one, sir? No. What's, what channel's that on? It's on NBC. It's with James Spader. And to be quite honest with you, he's so compelling in his role as a Raymond Reddington, or they they refer to him as Red, but um, it's he's so compelling. I could literally watch him. He's like the equivalent of Shawn Michaels to me in a sense that you ever had the expression Shawn Michaels can have a great match with a broom, yep. and he would sell and make the broom look good. Well, that's that. I could literally watch James Spader in a room talking to a broom for an hour, and nobody else in the entire cast. You can get rid of everybody. You could replace him with a bunch of you know fat heads on the wall. And I would still watch the show, and I would still be enthralled by it because James Spader is that good of an actor in that role. But anyway, I digress. So I'm watching it because I love Smallville, and it's on. You know, the entire series is on there. I've seen I've seen the show Chuck like three times through on Netflix, but they took that off, so I'm kind of stuck now. And being that I loved Smallville so much for so many years, I said, hey, "What the heck? Let me start watching it." So I finished watching Last Man Standing. Um, they literally just put new episodes of. Uh, the blacklist on Netflix, so I've got to watch that last season, and it's just I'm into it, sir. What can I tell you? I'm really into it. I know the one show. Speaking of fall, the fall shows coming back um, on on Netflix, I believe is uh, I'm I you know as a kid I grew up watching Full House, so I'm into Fuller House, even though the humor is not that great, but I still watch it. So that's the one show that I probably watch during the fall, and then um, you know I watch Designated Survivor too on ABC. How is that? I mean, I like Kiefer Sutherland. I I didn't think I would after, because I really wasn't digging him on 24. Everyone loves him in 24. But I really think um, it's a great concept. I think the acting is good. The storyline is good. Just about, like, basically what would happen if uh, the entire government was uh, killed in a terrorist attack and, you know, they designate <laughs> one survivor. Which, of course, that's totally, not only is that realistic, but that's totally plausible. Yeah. I mean, The entire government, every single one of them. <laughs> think about this. I mean, um, what we're headed to in the real world between natural disasters and uh, Rocket Man, I mean, is the end coming? To, uh, is the end near? Is the question? Yeah, no, I definitely. It seems like it. It seems like it, we're, we're kind of going in that realm. Um, that realm. I mean, with all the hatred in the future, I, I got to throw this out there too. Now that yeah. we're kind of moving in this direction, um, so I know I know I had told you that there was a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today, and one of them being Craig Carton because we haven't had a chance to. Right. But another one of those things, I want to talk about the Twitter for a second. I want to talk okay. about people and politics and how they should shut the flip up. <laughs> I have lost any respect that I ever had for a certain New York Met pitcher who is given the nickname of a Norse uh, hero, shall we say, 
and that is the one and only Thor, Noah Syndergaard. Now, do you know the story? Did I tell you about what happened? You didn't tell me, so I, I want you to tell the whole audience about this. Go ahead. All right. So basically what happens, right, Noah Syndergaard, this guy who is a, who is a verifiable genius, he's certified, you know, Bill Gates <laughs> and, you know, that level of intelligence when it comes to money. I mean, this guy's Steve Jobs. This guy is, you yeah. know, Steve Wojcikowski. This guy is probably Richard Hawkins, probably, probably you know, Neil deGrasse, probably the smartest man who ever lived. He right. posts this tweet, and this to me is the absolute dumbest, most ridiculous, most asinine thing I've ever heard. He puts in this tweet, you know, basically that, you know what, as a matter of fact, let me see if I can find it, because Noah is such, I mean, this guy is such a, a font of information, you know, and it, this has made national national stories. It's not even like it's a small thing. People have really been covering it. Because I mean the, the the pearls of wisdom that this guy's dropping on online, basically, um, and I'm looking at the Daily News right now. He he hinted, not even hinted. He basically implied something that's so astronomically ridiculous that I've got to throw it out there. Is this? This is from a couple. This is Monday. U.S. pulls out of Paris Climate Accord, then hit by four hurricanes in six weeks. Global warming karma? Question mark. Then he puts a thinking face emoji. Hashtag I'm a Texan Republican. Hashtag wake up. This is this is what this idiot puts on Twitter. And then he puts something about and I know karma. Hashtag take the MRI. Are you kidding me? Are you that vapid? Are you that ignorant? Are you that dumb that you're going to post something about karma and the Paris climate? First of all, out of those hurricanes, only two of them hit the United States, not four. And second of all, the fact that this buffoon, you know, I, tell you, I, I have literally no respect for this person, none at all. As a matter of fact, I wish the match would trade him or cut him. Like, that's how, that's how much I dislike him. And I refuse to root for him, by the way. He's such an absolute buffoon. The fact that he would even hint or joke or whatever, it's not even a joke because clearly he meant it, about he meant it. that this is karma for the Paris Climate Accords. Really? Right? Seriously? You know, oh, and I know karma. I'm all right. I mean, this guy is is getting – and the, the thing is that some people have tried to defend him and say, oh, maybe he was joking. Well, it's taken as being seriously. It was in the Huffington Post. It was in Yahoo. It's been on all these different things. I just read the Daily News, and they're saying that, well, he's hinting at it being karma – if he even thinks that this really is karma, he's a buffoon, and he should be fired, and he should be removed and banned from baseball. Because, first of all, like I said, as the four hurricanes he referenced, two of them hit the United States, not four. And second of all, the Paris Climate Accords has nothing to do with anything, and it's a complete and utter joke. The U.S. is going to be paying, like, billions of dollars to reduce carbon emissions and, you know, gas emissions by, like, 0.003% in the next 40-something years. It's a total joke. But forget it. Let's talk about the climate change thing for a second. Climate change, global warming, whatever you want to call it. How can you even insinuate that this is karma for that? You're that ignorant. You're going to say that, you know, these hurricanes hit because we pulled out of a, of a ridiculous climate. And the thing is, it gets worse. So people were tweeting him. And I, I noticed this because I was looking online and I saw on Twitter that um, somebody put – some guy with a small account put that he was blocked by Noah Syndergaard. And then I looked and I started seeing a whole bunch of people were blocked by Noah because they were <laughs> ripping him for his tweet. And it's not like I was seeing people dropping F-bombs and talking about his family or anything crazy. It's just saying, like, Noah, Noah Syndergaard is a stupid idiot for this or he's dumb or, you know, just insults. 
And again, not that it's not that we should insult each other, or whatever the case is, but I didn't see anything crazy, no obscenities, nothing nuts. And he's blocking people left and right. This is what he's doing. So to me, again, no respect for Syndergaard. I hope that he, not that I wish any will, ill will on him or anything, but I have nothing, nothing good to say about him. I have no interest in seeing him in a Mets uniform. I will not be cheering for him. And the fact that he is this ignorant to say what he said, to talk about karma, to talk about this, you know, you're basically making a mockery and a joke of the fact that millions of people are affected by this. Puerto Rico was just completely wiped out. You know, I've got family over there, and they're part of the United States, as we all know. We've got a lot of family, and we're concerned about them. And this guy's this again, this is before it hit, but regardless, there's people whose lives are literally ruined, destroyed. They've lost everything, and you're making reference in light of the fact that, you know, with climate change and the Paris Climate Accords and, you know, all these hurricanes hitting, so we're somehow being punished because we pulled out of, of an asinine deal. Like, I mean, honestly... He makes me sick, sir. He absolutely makes me want to puke. Sadly, I mean, I know this is going to sound way off topic, but I think that um, this is a result of just one thing. It's just a result of a t- uh, he's on a team that just completely has has spit the bit and, uh, you know, is completely injured. And when you find out that Terry's retiring at the end of this year, who would retire after this year? I just think that, you know, when the team has is so – bad and and was the expectations were so high this year for this to happen I think that, you may, exactly i mean the the mets are just a a joke and noah you're right who who could root for a guy like that after a tweet like that i mean the guy is he's completely lost i mean it's unbelievable well well you said it i mean you were talking today about how there's nobody in this team to root for to me the only guy to root for honestly is michael conforto um, there's nobody else, but it's true. The Mets are an unlikable team. They're an unlikable franchise, an unlikable organization that does that seems to do absolutely everything wrong. You know, I didn't think that there was a way that I could dislike any Mets pitcher more than Matt Hardy, and I found him, and that's Noah Syndergaard. And I'm telling you, this is not something that I'm going to change my mind on. I have no interest in seeing him in a Mets uniform do anything. I have no interest, and I will not be. I refuse to root for someone who is that ignorant. Him going around it blocking people because of this. You know, it shows you how immature he is, and it shows you how absolutely ridiculous he is. And you know what? He's a total schmuck, and he deserves any negative, everything that he gets, he deserves it. I mean, again, not, nothing, not cursing or anything, but any hate that he gets for this, he absolutely deserves it. How, how is it possible that, I mean, uh, not only are the the Mets this bad and this hurt or whatever, but their pitchers have such issues off the field too. I mean, look at Matt Harvey, what he did. Look at what Noah's doing. Jerry's familiar with the, the domestic violence. I mean, like I said before, and I, I'm going to stick to it, there's nobody that I could root for on this team. I guess Conforto might be the only one if you, if you put a gun to my head. Um, he's the only guy that I, I, I guess I decently could could see myself rooting for, but the rest of the team – and and the ownership, I, I, like I said, if the, if and when they ever win another title, are you going to be that excited? I, I mean, I, in '86, I actually rooted and liked these guys, even though they were all drug users. I mean, I, mean, I rooted for Gary Carter. I rooted for Keith Hernandez. <laughs> Keith Hernandez. These people were likable guys on the field, and they they played tough, and they they were a great team. But this team right here, if this team ever did win a championship, I don't think I'd be that excited, to be honest with you. Dude, I, I mean, I totally agree that 
this this team they're just an unlikable franchise from top to bottom. They are utterly unlikable, and I honestly I, I I'm not even interested in rooting for them right now. I don't care about the season. I don't care about the team, and I'm I'm getting sick of them, like sick to my stomach. To me, it's just they're they're pointless. It's a pointless team, and I part of me almost wishes they would fold as a franchise because how do you root for these guys? You can't. No one's just made it that much worse. Speaking of people you can't root for, let's let's yeah. switch uh, sports for a second. Okay. So the reason I brought up Kevin Durant is, and you you were asking me, literally asking me about why I wanted to bring him up, and you're talking about the fact, you know, he won a title or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. speaking of speaking of uh, athletes who just don't know how to use social media and are just they just need to stop. So you know, Durant has been in the news recently because apparently somehow there was a word that got out where he told his, he was really upset about leaving Golden State, which makes no sense. And he told his agent, how could you do this to me? How could you let me ruin my life? Um, you know, like, how could, <laughs> how could you say such a thing? <laughs> you know, and I mean, this dude, this dude is an absolute buffoon. So Kevin Durant got caught via social media, not doing anything crazy, not doing anything, you know, uh, insane like, uh, you know, cheating or anything like that. I mean, he's not married yeah. or anything as far as I know, no kids. But basically what happened is it turns out that Kevin is, he basically has created multiple, like, fake accounts on Twitter so that he can defend himself from oh, trolls geez. on Twitter. And what happened was he the reason he got caught is because he tweeted in the third person from his own account as if he were somebody else. And somebody put here, man, I respect the hell out of you, but give me one legitimate reason for leaving OKC other than getting a championship. And Kevin Durant responds, he didn't like the organization or playing for Billy Donovan. His roster wasn't that good. It was just him and Russ. Imagine taking Russ off that team, see how bad they were. KD can't win a championship with those cats. This is his official Twitter account. This is what he wrote. He wrote it from one of his troll accounts, and then he came and admitted that he had like four or five fake accounts, and the whole sole purpose of these accounts was to defend himself from people online. What what kind of a... What kind of an insecure little baby does something like this? I mean, this guy is a millionaire, a zillionaire. He signs his contract, you know, his big contract with um with Golden State, wins yeah. an NBA title, right? And he's getting caught on social media, basically, you know, ripping fans and doing crazy nonsense and, and you know, making fake accounts for himself. What kind of person makes fake account? What kind of athlete, what kind of professional athlete makes a fake account? Who does that? So that he can defend himself? Really? Is this is this really the kind of guy you want to root for? Are you kidding me? I thought he was unlikable before. The fact that he basically abandoned ship on Oklahoma City and said, I'm going to go take the easy way out and go to a team that won 73 games. Let, let, let's go over there. Let's see how hard that's going to be. And clearly it wasn't that hard because they easily won the, uh, you know, they, they, they clearly won the NBA championship. But, sir, I, I mean, honestly, you didn't know about this? I mean, I I googled it tonight before the show started, but I I didn't I didn't know he was in the news for this. I mean, now that he had one account. You're saying he had multiple Twitter accounts? He had more than one Twitter account, um, <laughs> and he was doing this. This guy, this 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 clown was doing this. 
I mean, how many? Why? What's the point? You know, there's no way. The thing is, there's no way to spin that. So he had to come clean. And not only that, but he rips his ex-coach and he rips his teammates, pretending to be someone, pretending to be someone else on his own Twitter. Who does that? What kind of person? He rips Billy Donovan. He rips his teammates, and pretending to be someone else. Like he got caught. There's no way around this, sir. Unbelievable. I mean. Clearly, you're right. I mean, the celebrities and uh, athletes just don't know how to use social media for what it's intended for. But I guess, I guess this is what this is what happens in the off season when you know you have a lot of time on your hand. You're not married. You have no kids. <laughs> you're Kevin Durant. Well, that's, you're what Kareem, we'll that's what people were saying. You've got he's got nothing else to do. You know, yeah. <laughs> this guy asked about this guy asked uh, you know this. He said, this guy, uh, his name is Cole Cashwell. It was a spur-of-the-moment kind of thing. I wasn't expecting him to reply. I wasn't expecting it to blow up. My mentions have been crazy. And so to his and presumably KD's surprise, Cashwell got a response from Durant's official account. Um, yeah. That's unbelievable. Who puts that? You know, he said, all right, this, this writer of this article puts the tweets written as if they were coming from someone other than Kevin Durant were deleted, but not before Cashwell and other Twitter users could screenshot them. Quickly sleuths across the interwebs were on the case, and you know the world pondered. So basically, it, it turns out that he had multiple accounts, multiple. And then Durant comes out and says that he has another Instagram account, but that's just for his friends and family. So I wouldn't say I was using it to clap back at anyone. I used Twitter to engage fans. No, bro, you had a fake account, and this is apparently it's got fake multiple social media accounts. Like, how do you? I just don't understand, to be honest with you, I don't understand how this dude can do this and, I mean, rip his ex-coach and, you know, pretending like it's not him. You know, at that point, it's like, oh, well, hopefully he doesn't like Billy Denovan over for any sort of, you know, family functions or anything, you know, because, I mean, this guy's ripping teammates. It's all, hey, by the way, uh, how could he do it? He couldn't win by himself, and it was only him and Russell Westbrook. Uh, you're a clown, bro. You're a clown. I hope you never win again, and I hope that you get cut because you you're an absolute buffoon. <laughs> this show's been uh, all about uh, ripping the celebrity, I guess, because you know we went Pretty from Carton to Noah to, to Durant. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not much else. I mean, honestly, there's so many other things that we could talk about, but I just wanted to touch on those topics because to me, it's current, especially the Noah Syndergaard thing and the Kevin Durant thing, because it happened this week. Um, I got my daughter over here next to me asking me. Somehow she's awake. Don't, don't. Let's let's wow. not even go there. But anyway, yeah, everybody else is asleep, but she's up and she she's just she's, I've done this entire show with her next to me and asking me little questions. But basically, she wants to know how Kevin Durant got caught. And let me let me answer her through the show. He got caught because somebody saw it. People started noticing his response, and because it was his response, and he was pretending to be someone else. It it just everywhere all over social media, and you know how it is where Joe, where um, p- celebrities tweet things, and then a fan catches and they get the screen grab. You can't delete somebody else's screen grab, so they've got the proof that you said this, and it just got out of hand. I'm telling you, Kevin Durant is just another long line, another person in the long list of celebrities and athletes who just is completely and utterly unlikable. No way to watch this person, sir. Not at all. And one. One other thing about celebrities and athletes, what what annoys me, and this is again going to be way off topic, but I just I'll let you know, um, when when these hurricanes hit, um, you know, uh, Houston and Florida, and we found out that uh, President Trump 
was going to donate a million dollars of his own money, and then all of a sudden he gets ripped for even donating a million because uh, he's a billionaire, and, the, and people start right. asking him, and they start asking him, why are you only donating a million? You're a billionaire. But then I think to myself, um, maybe you should just shut up if you're like a, a Hollywood celebrity that's uh, totally on the left wing. Uh, why, why aren't you donating a couple million dollars, right? Where, where's those people? Like, where are the celebrities? Where's the Hollywood actors? Where's their money uh, for the donations? They're do, they're doing I mean, concerts. a lot of them, right? Yeah. They're doing concerts and stuff. But to be fair, a lot of them have donated. But it's always interesting because you're over. It's like we're spending other people's money. So I think Leonardo DiCaprio raised like a hundred thousand or something big. But some people will say, "Oh, they'll give ten thousand, or they'll give five thousand, or whatever." I mean, that that to me, that's jump change. That's like, yeah. all right, you're making millions. You should be embarrassed of yourself for giving that. But it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, they some of them do it to be named and to be known, and others just do it, you know, just to be able to do it, just to say, you know, not even to say it, but to be able to do it of their own accord because they want to do it. But a lot of these celebrities do it to make a name for themselves or, you know, make, put themselves relevant in the news. And to be quite honest, what can you do about that? You know, and you're right, like, they should be giving more money, in theory, because of all the money that they make, but they're just here ripping Trump, and now Trump this, and Trump that, and Trump sucks. And speaking of social media, you know, I was thinking about something the other day about people, you know, this one guy was talking about how he cries tears of rage every night because Donald Trump is president. I mean, these are the kind of left-wing sicko nutjobs who are sitting here and talking about they can't sleep, they can't eat, I haven't slept since November 8th, I can't work, I can't function. Like, you have put on this, and you need to go to a psychiatrist, and you need help, and you probably need shock treatment, electroshock shock therapy, and you probably need to have a lobotomy, because if this is what you're concerning yourself with, and this is what you're so angry about, and you're like, oh, well, he's going to bring us to war, and he's going to ruin us, and he's a disgrace, and he's the worst president of all time, blah, blah, and, you know, I, I despise him, or I loathe him, or, you know, I wish ill will upon him, you know, somebody was tweeting that they they um, had nothing but hatred for uh, Eric Trump's kid. Like, is it wrong to you know to loathe a baby? Because I do. And these are the kind of sick freaks who are out there in the world, you know, espousing their liberal nuts out theology. I don't know if you heard about this, but look at the professor over at John Jay College. Uh, it's just criminal justice college. He basically said that um, he looks forward to or he enjoys teaching future dead cops. This is he's in a criminal justice school with tons of police officers have come through. This is what this guy is teaching. That he enjoys teaching future dead cops. <laughs> this is the kind of world that we live in. These are the kind of sicko nut jobs and it's unfortunate but it is what it is and the truth is this is how people are. This is how mentally disturbed that they are. You know, they're they're over here crying and can't sleep and can't do this. And it just makes me sick, to be honest with you. All these people all night, it's been a social media extravaganza on pure gold, but it just makes me want to puke, sir. <laughs> Let's end on that note. It makes me want to puke. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's no other way around it, sir. You make us all sick. But anyway, sir, uh, it's been a great pleasure. It's been a great show. This is definitely one of our more interesting shows, you know, recently. <laughs> considering that we hardly ever do a show, but I just felt like it was a perfect time, and it was kind of a perfect amalgam and so many different things. You just had to talk to her. I mean, I the agree. Giants are a complete mess. Two seasons, two episodes, uh, <laughs> two episodes, jeez. Two games <laughs> into the season, the Giants are an absolute disaster. The Jets stink. I mean, this is going to be a long, long year, sir, for us when it comes to sports. I mean, 
I hope the Celtics are good. I know with the trade they made recently, they should be better, you know, allegedly. So hopefully they'll do good because all the New York teams are going to be brutal. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely get into um, more things like, and we could the next show or whenever that is, uh, hopefully soon. But we'll see. Yeah, uh, we could definitely so. get, we could get into some wrestling talk because there's a good pay per view this Sunday. I think two good matches. And um, we could talk about that stuff. There's a movie that's coming up, uh, Justice League, that's coming up in November. We could just uh, dive around because you're right. I don't think I want to be talking about the Jets. Hopefully the Giants, for our sake, uh, pick it up and start winning games because if both teams are going to go like 2-14 and 14 this year, uh, it's going to be a long season, like you said. And uh, who wants to talk sports? But we could definitely go into wrestling. We could go into entertainment. And we could just go into other topics because, uh, yeah. You know, and hopefully the Celtics, like you said, with this trade for Kyrie Irving, um, uh, are able to contend against Cleveland a little bit better this year, and hopefully they get to the finals. But you know, there's there's still time for that. Yeah, no, definitely. We could always discuss that. We could talk about Kyrie getting into LeBron's shadow. How he's made some interesting comments uh, again via social media interviews and stuff like that about how you know he's he couldn't be happier and he's ecstatic and he's glad to be gone and you know stuff yeah. like that kind of makes you think. What's it like really playing, you know, with LeBron James on the same team? But, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. So, anyway, sir, it's been a pleasure. Yours, of course. And uh, I'll make sure to, uh, you know, play us out with the intro with the intro and, you know, outro music. But uh, yes. it's been a pleasure, sir, as always. As always. <laughs> Good talk, sir. Good talk. Oh, by the way, um, our old pal Lauren Lester, he uh, – we had talked about this briefly. We had yeah. talked about how the fact that, you know, he, he was telling me like six months ago, hey, get back to me in 2017 because I have this, you know, great news. And it turns out that they did a show recently where a, a movie, a Batman and Harley Quinn movie, and he reprised his role as Nightwing for the first time in like 10 years or wow. 15 years or whatever it was since the animated series went off the air. And it was, I saw it. I gotta tell you, it was amazing. It had a little interesting innuendo in there, but the fact that Lauren was back as Nightwing to me, it's just perfect. I'm going to try and see if I can get him on the show, sir, because he's that good. Yeah. I mean, that would he, be great. Definitely. Um, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, because I came over here to end this show, and I got to see the fact that the Lauren Lester promo, as a matter of fact, in honor of the great Lauren Lester, the one and only, the greatest guest we've ever had in the history of our show. Uh, I think we 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 just gotta we gotta play it, sir. We absolutely have to play it. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin or Nightwing, and when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to Pure Gold. Still, to me, the greatest promo we've ever had in the history of our show, sir. Obviously. I got two words for you. Pure gold. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure gold. Pure gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) gold. You guys are awesome. Good night, folks. Have a wonderful evening, sir. Good night. It's been a pleasure. Yours, of course. You too. Bye. Woo.